1: Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason watches milehighsports.com. You can reach us Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale on to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino have a really cool giveaway, and it is brand new. They are giving away a large model RC 104 Starfighter. And if you don't want it, they're going to give you nearly $28,000 in cash instead. So, what is this Starfighter? It's a remote controlled jet, and you really have to see this thing to believe it. Grand prize drawings are going to be March 26th and 2017. Get final entries every half hour from 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings. Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, great promotions, really loose slots. And they have a sports book as well, outstanding food. They're a family owned casino that treats you like family. Mace, we have some uh, potential breaking news. In the next couple of minutes, the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to announce its class of 2022. I don't know if they're going to spread this out over a four-hour telecast or they're going to let us know right away. Locally, is Todd Helton getting in? Nationally, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, are they getting in? Those three guys, they're in their last year of eligibility uh, on the ballot before they go to the Veterans Committee.
2: Right, and that, and of course, you and I have had this discussion as well. Like we, in the case of, uh, you know, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, you are talking about uh, people who did, yes, they did juice, but they followed the rules of their day. It was legal to do what they did in baseball back in that time. And then Kurt Schilling, you can't argue against anything he did as a player, as a picture. It's all about some of the stuff that is that is followed. And is that enough to keep him all out of the Hall of Fame? I would argue it shouldn't be enough to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. So uh, it's, it's an interesting litmus test here for what you value as a voter in this. And uh, and then, of course, like you said, Todd Helton, we'll see about him.
1: Yeah. OK, so I don't know if they're going to go right to the announcement. In the meantime, we have other things to talk about. Time now for the lead.
0: The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk.
1: Okay, Mace, Aaron Rodgers made his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee Show, talked about his future, on whether he's going to retire, stay with the Packers, or ask for a trade.
3: Uh, It'll be a lot of intuition and a lot of uh, feel, you know, what is it? What is it? Uh, imagination, a, a lot as well. You have to imagine yourself in those situations because I don't want to be sitting there uh, during a the season going, man, I probably should have hung it up. Or sitting there and, you know, not at the organization, a organization, and going, God, I should be playing right now. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just the trust that, that I'll know exactly what to do. And then once you make a decision, that's the decision, and you're moving forward. And until you get to that certainty, you don't make a decision. But there also is a time a time frame for this uh, because I understand that my decision uh, does impact uh, a number of other people's decisions and I want to be very sensitive uh, to that. Uh, and so I will uh, I'll definitely make a decision sooner, uh, sooner rather than later. What all right. Uh, clearly what I'm about to say,
1: I'm saying certainly jokingly, but it is obviously, Mace, our job and responsibility to parse every single word, including the prepositions and his tone <laughs> as to what he means. So what do you think?
2: That doesn't sound like someone who's incredibly confident uh, it, that he knows what he wants to do. And, and to be honest with you, he's talking about like his I have to imagine what it be like to be there. I have to imagine uh, would it be would it be like it to be uh, not play, if he chose to retire, not playing, and then wondering? I don't know. The the vibe I get is that I'm not sure I give up the uh, the king's ransom for him, considering I'm I'm. He doesn't seem to know whether he can feel that vibe with another team. What do you think?
1: Well, Brett Favre kept saying the same thing over and over again, and how many more years did he play? Yeah, I think that Aaron Rodgers is exhausted after this season. Uh, listen, a lot of the, the pain that he brought was self-inflicted from some of the things he said that were certainly controversial for how it began well before the start of training camp. Ah, uh, he made it difficult on the Packers organization. The fans weren't necessarily happy with him, as he basically held the you know organization, uh, you know, hostage. And then you look at the end of the season; um, they had the number one seed playing at home again, losing again with home field advantage and I'm sure he's exhausted. Tom Brady's going through the same thing right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been asked about retirement and we talked about it briefly on the show yesterday that he needs to take his wife and his kids into account. I think it's too quick to make a decision like this. You you would think that they well, they probably know exactly what they want to do. They're not thinking about retirement. At least this is speculation on my part. I don't think a guy like Rodgers or Brady are thinking about next year when they are in the moment of preparing for a game for the right to potentially advance to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. It's when the finality comes that the, you know, metaphorically speaking, the final gun goes off and the game is over and you're walking off the field having lost a game. You reflect on your time playing. If you're thinking of retirement switching teams, you you reflect on that particular season, why it ended, what you could have. Or and that tidal wave of emotion.
4: Did we just I think we just yeah, lost we or may or may not have just lost him. I'll, I'll uh, try to call him again and see what's up.
2: All right. Well, of course, Eric is, uh, is remote this week uh, as he uh, uh, continues to, uh, to, to, to finish uh, getting recovering from uh, the procedure they had a couple weeks back, but we're going to get him on, uh, but we're going we're going to get him, get him on shortly. And uh, you know, Eric mentioned something that I thought was, uh, you know, kind of interesting, talked about Brett Favre, and then even talked about, uh, you know, mentioned Tom Brady and what he has said in the last 36 hours or so since the Buccaneers season ended and uh, how Brady's taking his family into account. And, it's okay, and it's one thing to, get to think about here when you think about anything these guys say. They're tired at the end of a season, and if you are like Tom Brady just having finished year 22 or Aaron Rodgers having just finished year 17 in the NFL, that exhaustion is going to be exacerbated by just the number of miles you've spun on the odometer in football, And and this is true for coaching. This is true for playing. I remember... Uh, the late Dean Smith who coached basketball in North Carolina. And he said a few times that he would never announce that he was stepping away right after a season because he always felt exhausted, that he would know it was time to go when the next season was approaching and he didn't feel like he had the strength and energy to make it through that and then kind of true to that word when he ended up retiring uh, at age at the age of 66 after a long coaching career he did it a couple of weeks before practice started in the fall for basketball season the problem is when you're talking about players like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady teams are trying to make those plans around them they're trying to figure out is this is this player going to be a part of it it is and unless you've got a situation like Favre where he's a free agent he can just kind of lodi da his way into Minnesota Vikings training camp back in 2009 and basically say okay here I am uh, unless you have that kind of situation just simply waiting it out waiting it out waiting out it's not going to be acceptable especially with the cap the extreme cap implications in place Today you are talking about Aaron Rodgers. If you end up uh, making plans with him in your lineup, you're going to be chewing up about forty percent of, uh, or forty million dollars potentially, of your salary cap. Not forty percent, for Aaron Rodgers. So these are these are things that factor in. He's going to have to get past this pretty quickly, and he said, "Look, I'm going to decide." before free agency. He even indicated elsewhere in that conversation with Pat McAfee at a, that he wanted to have a decision really before it was time to decide whether to tag wide receiver Devontae Adams or not. And that's another key thing as well. So we could be looking at Aaron Rodgers coming to a decision maybe by the middle of February or so.
5: Mace, I, I don't know where exactly I got cut off, but let me kind of piggyback on some of the things that I've heard you say over the last 60 seconds or so, but specifically talking about his press conference. This is the most introspective I have heard him. What I liked what he said was, there are a lot of other lives that are involved Mm -hmm. in my situation. And remember, this is a guy who has come across as being arrogant and selfish and off putting. And what he said was very introspective. And it really is about a lot of other people. And you had mentioned the salary cap. I did a show uh, today in Wisconsin with our friend Bill Michaels, who's actually going to be joining us at 5.15. And it's not just Aaron Rodgers' salary. Uh, because, and We've talked about, and I think you probably mentioned, how much they are over the cap. But here's the thing. They can find a way to bring back Aaron Rodgers. The question is, how are they going to bring back Devontae Adams? because Rodgers is not coming back if Devontae Adams is not on the team. Mm-hmm. They might say to David Bocchiari, um, hey, uh, can you take a cut? So with all of that, uh, I want to hit a break because the Hall of Fame is getting ready to announce who is going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it's going to happen within the next couple of minutes. Why don't we take a commercial break? And hopefully they will have that announcement by the time we get back from break. And hopefully my connection is a little bit better when we get back from break as well.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back.
1: Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watches mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for The Buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. All right,
1: Mace, I think we are probably about 60 seconds away from them announcing who are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this upcoming year. Right now, uh, I'm watching MLB Network, and one of the gentlemen who's going to be making these announcements is talking. And we have just found out that David Ortiz will be going into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. First guy in, class of 2022. Now we will wait to see if Barry Bonds is going to be on that list. Roger Clemens is going to be on that list. Same with Curt Schilling. And how about Todd Helton? With that, there's a part of me, Mace, that hopes that Helton doesn't go in this year because I think we're going to be talking more about guys who are not going in than going in. And I don't want Helton to be overshadowed.
2: Yeah, I I, I would agree. And because that's, that's the conversation that we have, uh, that we've been having over and over and over again is how is, at what point are they going to honor that now actually I, I Ortiz is the only person from the primary pool that got in this year. So Barry Bonds, like Roger said, Clemens, Kirk yeah. Schilling, Todd Helton all were not close were not chosen for the Hall of Fame.
1: And it's funny that you should say that because when Ortiz's name came up, mm-hmm. I was wondering if they would have put bonds first or Clemens first with all due respect, steroids aside, Mm -hmm. you know, bonds is one of the greatest players of all time. I think that the baseball writers completely messed this up. It's disgusting. If you want to know the truth, um, as you and I have talked about in the past, Barry bonds, Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that he took PEDs, no doubt at all. But at the end of the day, if you're going to put in owners and managers who benefited From guys taking PEDs, then why are you not putting in the players when, if we're being completely honest, it was not against the rules in Major League Baseball? Now, some will argue that it was a rule. And actually, I don't know if you know this, you were not allowed to take PEDs before 2002. Did you know that? Yes. You were not allowed to. However, the union and... Major League Baseball never agreed to a testing policy. So how would you know? It's kind of like driving 100 miles per hour on I25 but there are no speed signs. So how do you enforce it? So if you can't enforce a rule, then it really isn't a rule.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, and then, and then they they started testing for steroids late in 02. They get for they're specifically for banned steroids, again, like, uh, and look, are we talking about guys finding loopholes? Yeah. But, I mean, as you mentioned time and again, you had players that at least tried am- amphetamines, tried greenies back in the day, right? Until they were rendered illegal by baseball.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Ortiz linked to PEDs at one point?
2: I'm not sure off the top of my head.
1: I think he was. I mean, there may have been report. a report.
2: I don't know, but there's ever, there's ever, uh, any, it, it is, there's there wasn't evidence. He was l- linked to it, but there was never any smoking well, gun on him. No,
1: but you know what? There wasn't I a think. smoking, there wasn't a smoking gun on Columbus. Oh, he did
2: but, test positive for PEDs, according to some of the, according to some of the That's reports. right. Yeah.
1: That's right. I believe when they did those anonymous tests. Yeah. And it got leaked out that he tested positive.
2: Yeah he, you know ma- why- yeah, he maintained that they were for over-the-counter settlements but or, or supplements, but yes, he did t- test positive.
1: There you go. But he's in, you know why? Because everybody likes Big
2: Papi. By, by the way, Todd Helton did increase his vote share this year.
1: Okay. He's and- at 52% now. Okay. And last year, if I am not mistaken, he was at 44.9%, so call it 55%. Right.
2: And this year he's at
1: fifty two percent. So He got another seven
2: percent. Got another seven percent up. I mean, it's it's hard to kind. Of, it's hard to close that. But he at least is going in the right direction. Do you happen to have
1: uh, the vote totals in front of you? Because they are not showing it on MLB Network right now.
2: I'm looking for that right now. I'm seeing all the tweet, I'm seeing all the tweets coming in, but yeah. I have not seen a breakdown of it player by player yet. I'm actually again. So, you know, this is, it's great live radio, but this is, but this is what we're kind of doing right now. I'm literally trying to to get that for you.
1: Mace. It's live radio. (laughs) It's also breaking news as well. And this is what happens in breaking news. It's funny. (laughs) uh, As I was watching earlier today for all the ballots that were made public, Mm -hmm. you had Ortiz, Clemens and Bonds all beyond the 75% threshold. But from the people who I have talked to and from what I have read, when people submit ballots, it's different from when they don't submit ballots. Historically, ballots, historically Mm -hmm. speaking, here you go. I have it in front of me. David Ortiz, 78%. Bond, 66%. Clemens, 65%. Roland 63 Mm -hmm. and Schilling took a major hit. Yes. He dropped down to 58%. Now, if you remember, Schilling came out and said after last year in which he came close, I think he was at 71%. I think he said, take me off the ballot because I don't want a bunch of writers who don't even know me Mm -hmm. voting for me. The veterans committee, they know what they're talking about and they will possibly vote me in, but I don't need a bunch of knucklehead writers voting for me. As it turns out, those knuckleheads didn't vote for him as much.
2: Yeah, I mean it, and can you and he literally he literally asked them not to and by the way, Kirk Schilling last year was at 71.1%. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, right. exactly. That's the thing. I mean, he he was close. Barry Bonds actually went up 4.2 percentage points this year from 61.8 to 66. Roger Clemens went up from 61.6 to 65.2. So of of those three Schilling was the only one who did not increase his his vote share. And also, kind of just going down the line, Scott Rowland went from 53% to 63% this year as well. So kind of like Helton, he's trending in the right direction too.
1: Here's the thing. It depends on how you look at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Is it nothing more than a museum? Mm-hmm. Or is it a way to truly describe and summarize what baseball truly is. And for whatever reason, whether you think a guy should be in or not, let's put something into perspective. The guy who has the most hits in Major League Baseball history, he is not in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He has artifacts in the Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. Whether you believe that Barry Bonds is the rightful home run king, I know that you have said that he may not be, that hank aaron is the standard bearer you aren't the only one that has said that
2: i'm biased though remember that i
1: know i understand that (laughs) but the but the guy who has the most home runs in major league baseball history was not voted into the hall of fame today his final time on the ballot also Mm -hmm. by the way the only guy in major league baseball history to hit over 60 home runs in three seasons. He is not in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, I'm talking about Barry Bonds, a guy who has 352 career wins and the most Cy Young Awards for one player in Major League history is not in the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. because a bunch of writers feel, you know what? It's the integrity of the game. Give me a break. It's it's a shame that they have given these writers the ability to be judge- and jury.
2: Yeah. And, and then on top of that, you mentioned the Cy Youngs. And you go through, by the way, you go through the history of baseball among eligible players for the Hall of Fame. The top 15 in strikeouts, there are only two of the top 15 in strikeouts who are not in the Hall of Fame. And both of them were on the ballot and fell short today Schilling Here's the and Clemens. Of-
1: David Ortiz, congratulations to him. And he is nowhere here, as you and I have talked about in the past, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. but we usually talk about it for the Football Hall of Fame. Everybody who's in the Hall of Fame should be there. Congratulations to them. They're one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But then there is a small little room where maybe 10 guys get a key. And they get their own smoking lounge with all you can drink brandy and whatever else goes into that room, maybe surround sound TV. Barry Bonds would be in that room, and so would Roger Clemens. Right. And David Ortiz got in. Good for him. Well liked guy. You know, P. Rose would be in that player.
2: room too, by the way.
1: There's no question. Well, if he was in that room, they'd probably have a sports book. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. Like that, he got legal. Hey, look, the, th- the thing with the thing with Pete Rose is the only the thing that took him down was was betting on his own team when he was manager. It wasn't what he did as a, anything as a player. That's another thing about. By it. the by the way, <laughs> let me say something about
1: Pete Rose. Only bet on his team, okay? Yeah. Only bet on his team to win. If there was no such thing as a point spread, then I can see why Pete Rose might be should be in the hall of fame Mm -hmm. because if you're betting strictly money line, then you're betting to win or lose. Right. But as the manager of a team, you can still bet on your team to win, but you can also adjust the point spread to for your team to win and also still win your bet. Yeah. So I'm not buying that. Well, he only bet on his team oh, to win. I don't. Win.
2: I don't think it was harmless at all. That's the, because no. the other thing is, as manager, if you are betting on your team, then what are you? Do, maybe what you're doing is you you've got like you've got. Let's say you've got your primary bullpen guys, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. And if you're if you're if you're come if you're trying to win you're managing your bullpen you're managing your resources differently if you're trying to right. affect an outcome whereas most manage, uh, the managers who don't do that they're thinking they're thinking in terms of not just that day but the impact for the season like if the Reds are behind two two in a normal situation in the 8th inning you're going kind of with your B your B guys in the bullpen right Right but if you've bet on your team and you're and you're desperate You're going with your. You might be going with your A guys when you're down five three, and that in turn causes problems even for the team itself as well. So yeah, it's it's not that it wasn't a victimless crime, but I do think Pete Rose should still be in the Hall of Fame based on what he was as a player, no doubt.
1: He was a great player. Yeah, he was a terrific player. He was, you know, Charlie Hustle. no, no question about it. All right, coming up after the break, we are going to get back to the Broncos. Sorry that Todd Helton did not get into the Hall of Fame, but his vote total goes up to 52%. You need 75% to get in, and uh, maybe one day he will get there. He has said publicly that Larry Walker getting in certainly has helped his case, and Helton keeps climbing on that list. Coming up after the break, the major news of the day, and it is bigger news, sorry baseball, than David Ortiz going to the Hall of Fame. Sean Payton is stepping away as the Saints head coach with some time left on his deal. Quite frankly, Mace, I think it's a chicken move. I do. And I'm probably on my own island on this. You know who Sean Payton is? He's Pete Carroll. And that's not a compliment. And we'll talk about it next. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. mylifesports.com You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at TheOptimumGolf.com. Okay, big news of the day, and obviously the NFL is king when it comes to
1: big news over the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, Sean Payton, Saints head coach, stepping away uh, as the head coach. His contract expires after the 2024 season, and he's walking away from $45 million. It is not unheard of for teams to trade for a head coach, so... Should the Broncos give the Saints a call? No. Is that it? That's, Just no? Why not? I,
2: I mean, I, I can, look, I can see why, but listening to him today, he sounded like a man who needs a year to take a break. He talked about wanting to give television a try. He talked about wanting to re- rest and recharge. I would not be surprised to see him coach again, but 16 years it's a long time to be a head coach. it's a long time to deal with that kind of with that kind of pressure. I think uh I think you let you let the man have his rest for a year before you think about getting him back into the game.
1: Well it doesn't make any sense for the Broncos to call or anybody else let's let's do a little history lesson here. The last time a high profile head coach high profile head coach was traded to another team, and you should know this as well as anyone. Mm-hmm. When John Gruden was essentially traded from the Raiders to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Tony Dungy left. And Gruden, in his first year, was the head coach of a Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl. What did it cost the Buccaneers to get that Super Bowl? It cost them, with a trade, a pair of first round draft picks, a pair of second round draft picks. Eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's great they won the Super Bowl that year. But you know what happened the next year and the years following? They made the playoffs twice. Never oh, won a well- playoff game. Never won a playoff game. And the next playoff game they won was last year with Tom Brady. Oh, I'm
2: well aware because the se- right. the, the, the seasons after that after that Super Bowl were seven and nine, five and 11, 11 and five, and, and four and twelve.
1: I'm not suggesting. Yeah, the- I'm <laughs> not suggesting that that their their draft class in 2010 had anything to do with the Gruden trade. But my point is Peyton would be expensive. And if you're, if you're in the market for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, you can't spend that draft capital on right. Sean Payton. You need to spend it on a quarterback. I think we both agree. Peyton will go to the broadcast booth, but now I want to ask you, oh, actually I'm going to make a statement. I think it's a chicken blank move what he's doing. I don't want to hear that he's been doing it for 16 years and he needs a break. He's walking away because the Saints are $78 million over the cap. So what he did was, as a head coach, he knew exactly what he was doing. Mortgaging the future. He, he lived the high life with Drew Brees and that big contract. Now that the bills are due, he's skipping out. Doesn't have a quarterback. The team's in shambles when it comes to the cap and he is skipping out. You know what he's doing? He's doing what Pete Carroll did with USC, knowing they were going to get hit with sanctions Mm -hmm. and he just skipped off to Seattle. Shame on him. Gut it out, pal. That's what you need to do because you spent the money. And now that the visa bills come and do, you want to get the hell out. Shame on
2: you. $74 million over the cap and whoever replaces him, is going to be stuck with that, and frankly, whoever if 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 the if they go through a search here, if I if I were a coach given a call by the Saints, I would say, I would ask for what at one more year than I would than you would normally get on a contract, because if the Saints are going to do this right, the best thing they can do. Is swallow the pill this year because you know he's leaving behind a grease fire in the Saints kitchen right now. When it comes to the he Carol, did yeah a exactly, and he's face. and somebody somebody's gonna have to clean 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 it up. Sean Payton's just walking away. He's whistling. If I could whistle, I'd I'd whistle like that. But I agree, it's a it's a it's a cowardly move on his part Thank to leave you. right now. And you know what but if, I, but if I'm, but if I'm Dennis Allen, who's his, who might come in and replace yep. him, I want a five, I want a five or six year deal because this year should be just to get, just to level it, get the cap right, and then figure it out a rebuild in twenty three.
1: Everybody is praising Sean Payton. Should he go in the Hall of Fame? Needs a break, as you said. Man, he's been coaching for sixteen years. He just wants to maybe go in the broadcast booth. Hey, the guy's walking away from forty five minutes. No, not poor Sean Payton. You said it. He was part of the the plan with Mickey Loomis to set the house on fire. And now he's walking away like Pete Carroll did. And now people are saying, should he go in the Hall of Fame? I'll ask you, is he a Hall of Fame?
2: Uh, if he, he, he needs to get in line, uh, Mike Shanahan's a Hall of Famer before Sean Payton is. Now, this, look, what we've learned is, based on how the standard appears to have changed a little bit, if Bill is a Hall of Famer, then Sean Payton's almost certainly going to be a Hall of Famer eventually. But He shouldn't be. Bill Cower or Sean Payton? Sean Payton. Should Bill Cower be a Hall of Famer?
1: Sure. I don't have a problem with Bill Cower.
2: What do you have with Sean Payton, then, by comparison? Because their, their resumes are very similar. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. They both won one Super Bowl. Cowher yep, got, but- got to another. One thing yep. that Payton did do... That mm-hmm. Cowher did not do. I mean, Cowher won in an organization that is that is and has been structured towards success in Pittsburgh. Every it, it's a it's a strong organization he walked into. Sean Payton walked into an organization that had precisely one playoff win in in I believe at that point it was uh 39 years of existence. He walked in an organization walk- that did literally did not know how mm-hmm. to win.
1: Yeah. Well, let me give you another reasonable explanation why I don't think he's necessarily Hall of Famer. If he gets in great, I'm not, I would never campaign against him, Mm -hmm. but you and I have been having this conversation over the last week. And I, and I've been very consistent in the Broncos coaching search with the same sentence, show me a great coach and I'll show you a great quarterback. Generally speaking, that is true. 95% of the time, Sean Payton's entire New Orleans career, with the exception of last season, this past season, had Drew Brees as his quarterback. He is the poster child of that. And nobody comes close. Nobody comes close. And oh, by the way, don't tell me he developed Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a pro bowler before he went to New Orleans. All he He did on
2: Drew Brees, he didn't develop him. He just rolled the dice and it paid off. That that, that was all, but that, that was it. He was inheriting a pro bowl quarterback. That's what he did. Who was hurt, but, but that's not, but that, but that's, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great thing that, Oh, well he was hurt. He took a chance. Yeah. He rolled the dice and it paid off. Good for him.
1: And and listen, he's a terrific offensive mind. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about great coaches being linked to great quarterbacks, At the top of the list, if you're talking about going into the Hall of Fame, the clear number one is Sean Payton. Every every year of his career, with the exception of last year, he had Drew Brees. And, oh, by the way, Drew Brees wasn't an injured player. He played almost every single game for the New Orleans Saints. Almost every single game. And he went to the Saints as a pro bowler. So Peyton got a terrific Pro Bowler, and oh by the way, Drew Brees was a free agent. It's not like they had to give up a ton to get him either. So when you talk about Bill Cowher, when when the uh, when the uh, um, Pittsburgh went to Super Bowls with Bill Cowher, who were his quarterbacks?
2: Neil O'Donnell and Ben Roethlisberger. So he ah, he, he too he too won his only Super Bowl with a Hall of Famer,
1: but he went to one without one. Yes. That's the difference. That's why Bill Cowra, I'll, I'll put him a leg up. Whole career with a Hall of Fame quarterback. He certainly helped Drew Brees, don't get me wrong. Whole career with one quarterback going to the Hall of Fame. You can't say that about Noel, Landry, Walsh, none of them. He's the only guy I can think of. Only guy. Not Shanahan, nobody. Can you think of anybody? Entire 16-year career, except for the final season, which Brees retired, with a Hall of Famer. Oh, by the way, if Breeze was 38 and New Orleans wasn't in salary cap hell, you think we're having this press conference. I'll today give you one Vince,
2: Vince Lombardi. He had Bart Starr and then when he was in Washington he had Sonny Jerkinson. They're both Hall of Famers.
1: Well, I'm glad you looked that up.
2: I didn't look it up. I'm looking okay. at, right now I'm looking at a GIF that describes what Sean Payton did in New Orleans. It's it's Homer Simpson right after he tosses he sure. he lights a firecracker and he isn't sure where to put it, and then all of a sudden, just out of desperation, he tosses it into the dishwasher, and it explodes. And then black and then yeah. black water comes bubbling out of the sink, making a mess in the kitchen. And Homer just turns yeah. his turns his back, whistles, and walks away. That's what Sean Payton did. He left the mess in the kitchen.
1: I agree. Now, when you talk about Vince Lombardi. Listen, he didn't last that long in Washington because he got sick. Right. With Bart Starr, if we're being completely honest, I know Bart Starr's in the Hall of Fame, but the offense did not revolve around Bart Starr.
2: No, it revolved on the power sweep. It was uh, Horning and There you
1: go. There there you go. Bart Starr ran it really, really well. And he he should be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but it's a different game today.
2: He's a Hall of Fame quarterback like Troy Aikman's a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's like winning a Super Bowl with Barry Sanders. and You just have a guy handing off to him. Bart Starr was a great player. Bart Starr is a Hall of Famer. But there's a difference between Drew Brees. If we're being honest, there's a difference between Drew Brees being with Sean Payton in a passing league and Bart Starr tossing the ball to Paul Horning and Jim Taylor.
2: No doubt. There's but, a difference. Yeah, they don't, no doubt, but and he's with still a Hall of Fame you, quarterback. You, you gave me an example.
1: You gave me an example. And yeah. you're right. And it's 100% accurate, but it's not apples to apples. They're in the same fruit <laughs> family. How close can it in the be? Same... It, 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 you're right. It's you know 100% I mean. accurate, but it's not apple Stack. No, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 fat, the fact is correct. Uh, but, but if you're digging deep, I we can, both know there's a difference. What do we have coming I up feel those on cold Mountain High work. Appliance? <laughs> no, come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it?
4: Nuggets on the road for the first time in a while tonight playing against a team they just played Sunday night and Rafa Nadal in his seventh Australian Open semifinal. His opponent had uh, some thoughts about that. So we'll go into that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
1: Welcome back, afternoon drive. Goodman Mason, watch us, smileysports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word.
0: The final word. Oh! Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine. Well and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance. Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs.
4: And now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Nuggets at Pistons tonight, 5 o'clock p.m., mountain time. So since they're out there in Detroit, it is uh, tipping off here in just a little bit. Denver and Detroit played at Ball Arena on Sunday, and uh, the Nuggets won 117 to 111. Bryn Forbes had 12 points in 21 minutes off the bench, and DeMarcus Cousins, the other new addition to the team, still getting his feet under him again. Had 2.6 rebounds and almost used all his fouls. He had four in his 12 minutes. Uh, And uh, that was his Nuggets debut. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more from Boogie as we keep going here. The Nuggets are seven and a half point favorites tonight on the road with that little home and home in three days. Will Barton out. Jeff Green available. Jamichael Green questionable. You like the Nuggets to win by eight or more. Mm.
2: I like him to win but I don't like him to cover. I think that I think this one's going to be tight kind of like uh, the game was uh, was on Sunday and the, the Pistons have actually played better ball uh since the start of, of the new year. I believe that they are uh, uh, 6 and 7 since January 1st and so uh, it's been they're 11 and 35 on the season but a uh, much better team recently. So I think I think they give the Nuggets a fight.
1: I want to take this question that you have and spin it in another direction. I uh, remember when Jeremy Grant left the Nuggets for the same amount of money to go to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And why did he go? Want to go to Detroit? He wanted to be the man. Well, a couple days ago, uh, there were some talks between the Lakers and the Pistons, and Jeremy Grant would have been involved in a trade going to the Lakers. And you want to know why he didn't want to go? He didn't want to play second fiddle, reportedly third fiddle to LeBron James and Anthony right and Anthony Davis. I mean, <sighs> great. Go, go, earn your money, you big loser. You can sit in your big mansion and and buy a yacht, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're going to be the richest loser in the history of the NBA. Some people would rather be yacht.
2: some people would rather be the big fish in a small pond because that's what he is. He'd rather he well, he'd ra- he'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven.
1: Well said. Whatever the heck that means. <laughs>
4: He is playing with the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. So maybe uh, in the next year or so, they, they do figure out a way to win in the D. By the way, the... the no, he'll, the, he'll
1: want out. Yeah. He'll want out because Cade Cunningham will be the number one guy. And Grant will want to go to a worse team so he can be the number yeah, one guy. It,
4: by the way, the Pistons
2: this year are 4-20 and when Jeremy Grant plays. And they're 7-15 and when he doesn't. They're literally a better team when he doesn't play.
4: That is a tough look for Jeremy Grant. I teased something else, but I've got a two-part question for that, so we're gonna get to that in the second hour of the show. Avalanche won two to nothing yesterday. Francois was in goal and got the shutout. Mace, you've said multiple times on this show that uh, it's all gonna come down to goaltending in the end. Whether or not the Avs can really go the distance this season. On a scale of one to ten, where is your confidence in Avs goaltending as we approach the All-Star break?
2: It's a, it's it's a seven and a half right now. It's pretty solid, and uh, you know Kemper has been basically what they expected. Again, the, the test is going to be in the spring, but they have. But and, and Kemper have done what they what they have needed to do. It's just a question of whether they stay healthy down the stretch. I would be w- willing to play François more in the next couple of months. Just to make sure Darcy Kemper is fresh, because they're only going to go as far as he takes them. Great idea.
1: I don't even want to talk about it because I'm afraid I'm going to jinx it. You know, I'm going to say Franzos is playing well and he's going to, you know, rupture a spleen or something. So, uh, talking about goaltending for the Avalanche specifically when it comes to health, I, I know, I know what your question was, Dan. And yes, they have, they've been playing more than fine. Then again, it's. It, it, They've been scoring so many goals, and I understand they only won two two nothing yesterday. It's kind of like a pitcher with an ERA of five, but has a twenty and four record because his teammates keep scoring him six runs.
4: Well, you make a good point, Eric. The health definitely does factor into everything it, when it, does, it comes down to it. But
2: francois has a goals against a two point oh three and Kempers at two point six three, and both of them are above ninety one percent in save percentage.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great but honestly it is so early because we know what has happened historically.
2: Right. I mean you're 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 waiting for the other shoe to drop.
1: Or or waiting for somebody to hit the COVID list or the injury report. It's like it's like just get me to the playoffs with two healthy goalies. I feel like I swear I'm going to jinx it by saying yeah they're playing great. But they are playing really, really well. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk into any store and try out the appliances before you buy them, which is something you can't do at the big box stores. Not to mention their sales staff. They're so experienced. And when you make a purchase like this, you want to make the right decision. So you're going to have a lot of questions. Work with people who have been doing this for decades. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville. Littleton, you can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, there is Guilt by Association, but also success by association. People here in Denver want guys associated with Shanahan and McVay. But is there a danger in associating them with those two guys when, let's be honest, Kyle and Sean are unicorns, not necessarily the guys who are on their coaching tree? We'll talk about that, specifically talking about Hackett and O'Connell next